welcome to another program of Train Talk with Train Tech. Train Tech, located in Waltham, Massachusetts, is your model train control professionals. Joining me today is Gary Polino of Train Tech, and we're going to get right to listener questions. So, Gary, here's the first one. The question is from John, a 14-year-old model railroader modeling the Bradley Woodard Timber Company. What should I do to install a decoder in a Bachman Shea locomotive? It's not plug-and-play. Any tips on the sound system would also be helpful. Okay. Well, John, we're going to make a couple of assumptions on your question since we don't know which Shea you have. Uh, first, we'll assume you're an HO scale and that the Loco is one of Bachman's popular three-truck Shea's. Uh, the recommended decoder for that install would be a uh, Soundtrax Micro Tsunami since they offer a light logging sound set, and it's a nice compact decoder for this type of install. Since you stated in your question that the locomotive is not set up for plug-and-play, you will need to hardwire the decoder. And uh, the decoder can be installed in the tender, and you can fit a mini oval speaker in the coal box just behind the cab, and we'll use the coal box itself as the speaker enclosure. Uh, You'll need to run a pair of wires from the tender to the coal box in order to feed the speaker. And assuming the locomotive has the standard Bachman wiring harness, uh, there'll be two uh, connectors that uh, plug right into the tender. And one of those connectors will have four wires, and the other one will have two wires. The four-wire connector will have the motor leads and the headlight wires, and the two-wire connector will have the track pickups. And it's best to confirm this with a meter just to be safe. Um, again, I'm just making a couple of assumptions because we, uh, we don't know 100% which locomotive you have. Um, and if there's a factory circuit board in the tender, which uh, most likely there is, and it'll have diodes for directional lighting and uh, analog operation, you're going to want to remove that to make room for the decoder. So uh, using the instructions that come with the Micro Tsunami, uh, they have a color code uh, set of wires that matches the NMRA standard, and you want to connect the uh, decoder using that wiring harness to the factory wiring harness of the locomotive, and you'll solder those connections, and it's best to use uh, heat shrink to insulate your connections. Um, it's, this isn't a complicated install, but you definitely want to take your time, especially if this is your first go at a sound install. And if you have any questions, feel free to contact me directly at one 339 train Okay, Gary. The next question is from Rich in San Jose, California. Can you tell a high bass speaker for use with DCC sound when you see it. I have a box of speakers collected from old radios and such, and I'd like to just pick some candidates to test, or do I have to test them all? What do you think, Gary? Well, Rich, uh, unless there's a frequency range printed on the back of the speaker, it will be a little tough to tell um, if the speaker is what we refer to as a high bass speaker. Uh, the high bass speakers that have become popular in the industry have a low-end response of around 300 to 500 hertz. Um, for model railroading and the size of the speakers that we're forced to use, that produces a pretty good low-end. Um, in comparison to, let's say, a home theater system, which can produce low bass down around 20 hertz or lower, uh, it isn't really good since that low of a frequency tends to be felt uh, more than heard. And, um, and that's, but that's a science into itself. Uh, but we just can't get that low on the frequencies for the bass just because of physical size constraints uh, with the, the size of our models. Um, if the speaker has a brand name and a part number on the back of it, you may be able to find some manufacturer specs on the Internet. And if you do find a spec sheet, check out the low frequency response. 
if it's uh, in the 300 to 500 hertz range, it'll probably work uh, well as a high bass speaker. Um, the other aspect, the high bass speakers, uh, they tend to have a higher wattage rating as well. Um, most of the ones we use are around 2 watts. Most speakers will have a wattage rating and an impedance rating stamped on them at the, at the minimum if they don't have a part number. Um, so you'll want to make sure that the speaker is rated for 8 ohms, which is the safest impedance rating for most sound decoders. There, there are special circumstances where a lower or higher rating might be used on, on these speakers, but I think that's probably a topic better for a later discussion uh, because it'll take a little bit of time to really go into detail on that. Um, and lastly, if you go to our website and navigate to the speaker section, we have a number of high bass speakers shown. We've got pictures of everything there. And you may want to take a look at those and kind of compare them to what uh, some of the ones you have, and you might be able to get lucky and find a match there. Um, ultimately, the best thing to do is connect a few of them up to the decoder and, and give a listen and let your ears be the judge. Old radio speakers. I mean, we talking like, Speaker salvage from transistor radios, tabletops, that kind of thing. Uh, what do you mean? Um, well, I'm not really sure um, what he's alluding to, but I would I would speculate he's probably not quite going back that far. Um, you know, there's a lot of um, older boom boxes that might be around, and smaller portable radios uh, that've got uh, speakers that might be in the diameter that would fit in our our locomotives. Um, so, you know, he may be able to use those, but um, it's it's really uh, it's really not all easy to tell just by looking at a speaker um, if it's gonna if it's gonna be that way. Okay, and another question here, Gary. My friend recommends suitcase connectors for wiring feeders to the bus wire. Are they a good idea, or should I be soldering my feeders to the bus? Well, ultimately, a soldered connection will be the most reliable, but it's it's definitely more work. Um, I personally have used suitcase connectors on my own layout, and, um, and they've been in service for at least eight years, and I haven't had any problems. Um, those connectors actually come from the automotive industry, and I know a lot of mechanics don't care for them, especially under the hood, because they, they're not really weatherproof, so they, uh, they, they tend to get moisture in that in there. But usually in the, uh, in the safety and comfort of a basement, uh, you should be fine. Um, but a common mistake we see with suitcase connectors is that some modelers buy, buy them that they're actually a little bit too large for what they're trying to connect. So you want to try to make sure that you purchase connectors that closely match your power bus and track feeder size. If the connector's too big, it may not bite into the uh, wire very well, and you'll either get a poor connection or possibly no connection at all. Um, another thing to look for is that some connectors have one single blade that bites into the conductor and some have two blades. The connector with two blades is a little better since connecting to the DCC power bus twice is almost guaranteed to give you a more reliable connection. Uh, they are a little more expensive. Um, in some cases, they're, uh, they're almost double of uh, a single blade connector. And if you've got a couple of hundred connections to, uh, to do on your layout, you know, it can, it can add up. Um, but we offer both of those connectors uh, for sale ourselves. And let me just add to that that uh, using properly sized two-bladed uh, insulation displacement connectors, another name for suitcase connectors, uh, on my HO model railroad for two years, and it's an outdoor layout because I live in a desert. Uh, while we don't have that much rain, you know, and I obviously don't run the the trains in the rain, 
I've not had a problem with any moisture. The heat doesn't bother them. And for me, it was a much better alternative than uh, constantly dripping molten uh, solder on my kneecap. So I think it kind of wraps it up. Thanks to all of our listeners for uh, joining us on the podcast. If you want to submit a question to be answered uh, during one of these sessions, send it to me, paul.gillette at duckdogger.us. Gillette, just like the razor blade, and duckdogger is one word, D-U-C-K-D-O-G-G-E-R dot U-S, or you can send it directly to Gary at traintechllc.com. Gary at traintechllc, all one word, dot com. Thank you very much, and hope you'll join us for the next session of Train Talk with Traintech.